Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane Jane. Well, hello everyone. Lots to natter about today. We talk culinary disasters. Does your cinnamon sponge have a soggy bottom or does your spotted dick never rise? We also reflect on Ambridge's silent characters from Fat Paul to dear departed Frida Fry. Jane muses on getting sozzled with Tracy Horobin, and Sunny muses on sexy satin slippers and brandy. <laughs> oh, lovely. Janie, Janie, James, how are you this morning? Have you had a good morning? Um, I've had a busy morning, and uh, I'm okay, but I've got a cough. So oh. I, may, I may start coughing during the recording, in which case, can I just say, it's not COVID and you can't catch it from the microphone. Um... But yeah, apart from that, I'm fine. How you look fabulous today. I wish I'd put some lippy on because you look <laughs> lovely. I feel a bit well, drab. Oh, darling. Well, thank you, listeners. You can't see the wonderful effect that I have today. But listen, just getting back to your um, cough. I mean, obviously, you just get a, grab a water or a gin or whatever you want, darling, if you need it. That I can ramble on for a, a, a... I can do a monologue, couldn't I? You know, if you've got to run away from the Well, mic. you could. You could. You could. Okay. Well, if I if I need to run away and cough, then I'll run away and cough. All right, darling. Um, yeah. I don't think gin's quite the thing. But do you? Do you remember, oh, uh, gin's the thing our, anytime, as far as Lydian's uh, concerned, of course. Uh, well, that's true. But our, old, our dear old friend Sarah Coward had mm. a fantastic remedy for cough. Did you? Ever, did she ever make that one for you? Oh, what Which was, was whiskey? Mm. It was whiskey, quite a lot of, and mm. the juice of one and a half lemons. And it had to be one and a half lemons, did it? Well, it had to be one and a half lemons. Gosh. Um, and. Yeah, it made you forget you got a cough anyway. Made you forget a lot of things, I would imagine. <laughs> well done, her. Well done, her. That yeah. sounds like a lovely Sarah Well Cat. done, Sarah. Uh, yeah. and, and for anyone that doesn't know who Sarah Coward was, who's listening now, she played Caroline Sterling, or Caroline Bonus was, on The Archers. She was a very good friend of ours, wasn't she? We've, we've mentioned her several times. She was. Before, but um, good for her. No, but, uh, but she didn't tell me herself, but I put that in my back pocket now for... You know, whenever I get right. into call. and I have to say, you know, you always dread that um, if you're going into studio to record, if you've got a bit of a tickle or a cough, you really do oh, God, yes. dread it as an actor. And of course, you know, nine times out of ten, because you're anxious that you're going to cough, you do cough. You know? But um, fortunately, because it's not live on the Archers, we can re-record, which is um, which is very comforting, very comforting. But it must be it must be embarrassing if you kind of do a big cough and then everybody has to start again and then you yes. cough again. And it's not only embarrassing, but it, you know, you, you, you've got your studio manager recording it and you probably blow his ears off because you're coughing into the microphone and it's huge, you know, it's a huge sound, explodes into their ears. Um, so, um, you know, you try not to, to, to do that. You, but, but, you know, the problem with the cough is you never know when it's going to happen, so you can't avert your mouth uh, to the side of the microphone. So it's a bit of an explosion, a bit of an explosion. As of course we I'll were discussing, not to explode into the microphone. Please, yes, please don't. Just avert your gaze slightly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but talking talking archers now. Um, you know, uh, we were thinking. I think when we were chatting about this the other day, and, and we were thinking, who would we most like to have a drink with at the ball? Talking about drinks and soothing our throats. Um, who, who would you like to most have a drink with? Well, uh, uh, other than Lillian, obviously, <laughs> of who course, would be naturally. the most fun person. Yes. Mm, um, and the evening would go on long, wouldn't it? And probably move will. to various other hostelries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my vote goes to Tracy Horobin. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. now why would that be, Janie? Because you'd have a good evening, wouldn't you? It's a bit like Lillian. You know you'd have fun. Yes. 
yeah. Yes, I, you would. I, yeah. If it was Susan Carter, you'd get loads of gossip and that'd yes. be nice for a short period of time. But Tracy Horribin, who we will be interviewing, won't we? Yeah, we are. Lovely Susie Riddell, who plays the wonderful Tracy. Um, yeah, she's going to come on. So, yeah, that'll that'll be really interesting, actually, to talk about the development of her character as well. Um, but, yeah, no, she would be a good character, wouldn't she? And she, she, she a bit like Lillian, you know, she... She, she still smokes, you know. Um, so they'd be outside, yeah. wouldn't they, you know, knocking back the gin or the beer or whatever was their tipple and having a couple of couple of fags. And, um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting, actually, because um, I don't think she and I have ever had a scene together. So that's something to chat about, actually, um, when, when oh, we meet is, yeah, uh, yeah. Susie. Um, but, yeah, the who, who, you see, of course, with Lillian, her great drinking chum, um, actually, because he's Eddie, Eddie Grundy. And yeah, um, they always have a pretty good time because they've known each other since they were kids. They grew up together. They used to, you know, smoke cigarettes behind the bike shed together and everything. Um, so he's always good for a laugh, actually, isn't he? Um, he is. But, but but who would who would Sonny like to have? Who would Sonny with? like to have? You know, that's a very interesting one. Um, well, definitely not not Miranda. Mind you, I'm talking about Lillian now because because she's Justin's wife. No, mm. who would Sonny? Sonny, Sonny, Sonny. Um, I think I think I think talk about the Horribins. I think I might like to have a, a drink with Chelsea, D- Tracy's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. she kind of interests me as a character because she's so out there, isn't she? She's so avert, but she's also unexpected, mm. and um, mm. she has a kind of strange sensitivity in a way, um, and, and the way that she's kind of trying to support and help um, a mother at the minute. I just find her quite an interesting little character. Um, yeah so I think I would I'd like to find out you know what her long-term plans for her future because of course she's doing very well with the hairdressing and and all that sort of thing I I think I think there'll be all sorts of exciting things happening for that girl I just sort of sense it as a character it's quite interesting I I think that's a yeah that's a really really great idea and we've sort of chosen people who are quite extrovert haven't we yeah we have actually haven't we yeah i mean jim jim would be a really interesting one as well to chat to because he's so erudite um and he's sort of got all sorts of no you don't think so not your um i i think if i wanted to listen to somebody droning on in latin i would switch on the open university really okay um yeah Hmm. but there are a couple of silent characters i'd quite like to talk to oh really like who yeah I think Sabrina Thwaites really interesting. Yes, you know, I do too. I do too. I think she's probably a bit of a goer. Yeah. Um, and Mandy Beesborough, who yeah. I think had an affair with Brian. Didn't mind you, everybody's had an affair with Brian, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I think she'd have some stories to tell. I think she would. But it's funny you mentioned Sabrina Thwaites because I always think whenever I'm playing Lillian in The Archers and Sabrina's mentioned, I always think there's mm. a... First of all, she thinks there's competition because obviously she's, you know, she's yeah. the one all the men go, oh, yeah, Sabrina Thwaites. But at the same time, so I think she'd be fascinated by her as well. But I think she'd also be a really good chum. So she, there's competition, but actually she's somebody probably she really enjoys a drink with as well, you know, and the gossip and, you know, and latest hairdos and latest fashion and, and all that. Yeah, she's always fascinated. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it, with those silent characters, how they've managed without them speaking to create their own personality or people who talk about them have created personalities mm. for them. And I remember yes. when, when Frida Fry died, I was really 
um, I was felt very bereft, you know, because she she was such a huge personality, wasn't she, in Ambridge, and and it, it, yeah. it, it somehow was even though she never spoke, absolutely, even though she never spoke, um, and I suppose part of that was as well the effect that you knew that was going to have on Bert Fry because he'd always talked so fondly mm. of Frida, um, but yeah, I do remember how fascinating that is, you know, that somebody who never spoke can have such a huge huge impact um and I'm sure it's the same for lots of other people and again that's the beauty of your radio isn't it because you know it's all about your imagination so as a listener whether I'm in it or not I'm still a listener you know I've created this Mm. persona for this character and suddenly she's no longer there felt very bereft yeah we it's interesting isn't it because there have been I just what came to my mind then was do you remember Minder the series Yeah. yeah And Arthur Daly and her indoors, or her indoors, mm. Mm. Who, who never appeared. Yes. Yeah. But she was like a really fully fledged, fleshed out character, wasn't she? You yeah. felt you'd recognise if you walked down the road and bumped into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a clever trick. It is a clever trick. It is a clever trick. And of course, there are quite a lot of them in the Archers, aren't there? You know, and, and different mm. types of silent characters you know fat paul has always sort of fascinated me you know and snatch foster these these friends of 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 eddie you know you build up these pictures of these characters um yeah yeah baggy baggy and snatch baggy and snatch yeah no baggy you're right baggy and you think well what is baggy what why has he got that nickname does he wear baggy trousers or you know has he got i don't know i don't know it's 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 sort of you know, does he bag stuff? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I'm sure it's... The mind boggles, isn't it? The mind completely boggles. The mind completely boggles. Perhaps there's a bag um, over his head or something. And then there are people who were silent and then got voices. Yes. So Jean-Paul, the chef at Grey Gables, yes. was silent for donkey's years. And then yeah. suddenly he, he exploded into speech. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. I mean, it must be also, if, you, if you've been cast in that character, you know, suddenly as an actor, you must think, oh, crikey, I've got a, what, what do I do? Because I've got a huge, huge expectation about this character and, and different expectations from people. Um, you know, it's quite, it's quite yeah. a burden, really. And of course, we Prue Forrest, um, you know, Judy Dench came in to do a Prue Forrest, yeah. didn't she? Oh, but God, I think, yes. yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think there was a Prue Forrest. You know, I think there was a character of Prue Forrest many, 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 many years ago, and then she just disappeared completely. Um, but yeah, mm. as far as we were concerned, she was silent. And then Judy Dench came in. Dame Judy came in <gasps> to play her. It'd be lovely if she came back. You know, again. if you're going to get a voice, yeah, yeah, if you're going to get a voice, getting Absolutely. Judy Dench's is pretty much the jackpot, isn't it? Yeah, there's a is. there's a very good book. I don't know if it's still in print. There's a book called Unheard of Ambridge by Merrily Harper, who's a cartoonist. Okay. And it's a it's like a it's a cartoon story mm-hmm. of all the silent characters in the Archers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very very funny. Oh, that's very good. good funny. That sounds there's, really good. There's a picture of Prue Forrest. Prue Forrest is very very glamorous in oh. Merrily Harper's illustrations, and has sort of. Um, sits down, has cocktails with Jean-Paul at Grey Gables and <laughs> chews the fat about the dreadful dreadful state of most of the inhabitants of the village. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's very, oh, we'll very, very have good to have a look for that. I have a copyright here. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Well, yeah. I'll have a look on Amazon and see if I can find it. I do. Oh, that'd be good. oh look, look, look. I'm look. wafting it at the screen. Yeah, our listeners yeah. can't see it, but I can. But it does exist. No, you can uh, see it. Not yeah, very I well because oh, yeah, yeah. I'm well, trying to look in the microphone over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to cough now. Hang on. Okay. 
could well done that girl she took instruction away from the microphone well done you poor thing I um i tell you who's another character that i'm always fascinated by um the silent ways fabrice the hairdresser i just wonder what he fabrice. is like fabrice because he'll have yeah. all the goss won't he fabrice will have all the goss because you know of Definitely. all the the, the the folk that come in to have their hair done but lillian often talks about going to fabrice and i just think yeah. you know will we ever get fabrice do you talk to your hairdresser about personal stuff yes 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 and no do you a bit Mm. a bit it's Mm. quite a confiding i think it's because you're not looking at somebody Mm. in the face are you it's behind you yeah and you can see them in the mirror yeah 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 but that, I, is that why we could find in hairdressers? I don't know. I don't know. But it's interesting you say that because I remember reading an article once. Um, it, it was a, m- a mother talking about children and bringing up children. And, she, and and she said if ever she wants to get anything out of her children, you know, that she knows there's something going on, mm-hmm. something important, she would always do it when they were in the car, so where she was driving and the oh, child was yeah, in the yeah. seat because somehow the lack of focus enabled the child to share. And I thought that was really interesting. It's sort of what you're saying now. Really, yeah. Mm. That actually, it it it, it gives a freedom. You do, yeah. It, yeah, it could very mm. well be. And you're slightly taken off guard mm. a bit in that environment, aren't you? Um, yeah. Very interesting that mm. you know. I tell you who else yeah. um, I I I I wouldn't mind um, meeting as well um, is um, Richard. Um, is it Richard Thwaite? No, it's not Richard Thwaite. Yes, it is, isn't it? Sabrina and Richard Thwaite. I wouldn't mind me because you don't know very much about him. He's never really talked about that much. Um, he will be quite interesting. Yeah. Derek Fletcher. Derek Fletcher is another one. Derek and Fletcher. I always think it's really funny, yeah. actually, about him because everybody says he never stops talking and yet he's a silent character. And I think that's really quite funny as well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's 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 true and that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got that'd be quite a big party, wouldn't it, in the bull? All it of those would. people. It would, wouldn't it? And I wouldn't and and mm. yeah, yeah, it would, <laughs> it would be very very good. Um I don't know if there's any plans to to bring any of these silent characters um give them a voice these days, but um uh, I think they I think it's quite nice if they're not, really, unless it's somebody like Dame Judy Dench. Um, who gives a, a you know yeah. a certain um, degree of royalty almost to to the program? Really. Yeah, yeah, and she's probably not available most weeks to record no. if somebody's going to have a long term voice, is she? No, 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 no. Mm. That's right. I'd love Maggie Smith to come mm. in. I'd love Maggie Smith to come in as something. I don't think she ever has been in the Archers. I think she'd be absolutely marvellous. She should have oh, some grand would, character. That, is, yeah, well. Uh, she would have been a marvellous Julia Pargeter, wouldn't she? She would, wouldn't she? She really would. She'd have been perfect. She'd have been perfect. Mm. Um, yeah. And of course, we do have a lot of older characters, don't we? Um, in the Archers. That's the, <coughs> one of the great great things about it, of course, is that we've got a, a huge graph, you know, from from babes in arms um, um, to, to, to the old characters like June, who plays um, my mum, who's, who's 103, who plays Peggy. Um, and, um, I know. You know, it it yeah, it, and it, it, are... and it and it does sort of bring us on the idea, you know, of these days what it's what it's like to be older. Because actually, you know, we we are living a lot longer generally, aren't we? Um, 
Yeah, we are. I was reading something the other day that that was exploring this and mm. saying that because we're living longer, we're also um, well, you know, not worldwide, but certainly in, in the Western world, we're living health more healthy older years than people used to. Mm. So, you know, if I think of my grandparents, they were pretty crocked when they were mm. in their late sixties, even. Mm. Whereas we expect to have, I think, you know, our expectation is for for us to be reasonably fit and healthy and active in our sixties mm. and seventies. Mm. So. So the question then is, well, what are we going to do with these active mm. years? Mm. Mm. Well, indeed, and does that change? It's, it's interesting you say that because there was something on the box the other day that I was watching and Lulu um, uh, was on. And looking fantastic. And she actually mentioned on it that she's 73. I thought, you can't be 73. And actually, because she looked about 43. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and as yeah. you say, yeah. thinking back to what my idea is of what a 73-year-old is or what used to be a 73-year-old, you know, mm. with, with probably the, the tight little perm and, and, and the brogues, you know, yeah. th- things have, have moved on and changed so much, haven't they? But I... I, I, I uh, said, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know any 73-year-olds like that now. Where, you know, my friends in, the, in their 70s mm-hmm. are incredibly fit, active. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're kind of pushing pushing on and I suppose if you if you are still healthy and you are active then the world is still your oyster isn't it you know it's it's like um uh, you know folk have said who I don't know was it Mary Wesley who started to write her first novel when she was 70 or you know and she became incredibly incredibly um, well known didn't she Camomile Lawn I think was the first one that actually you 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 can push the boundaries back and back and back and back, can't you? If, yeah. as, as long as you are alert and you're physically able, there's no reason to think why. Um, yeah, you 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 can't um, continue to move forward with things yeah. and have dreams and, and ambitions. And I think as a as a group of people, particularly women in our sixties and seventies, we do do a lot of um, voluntary work. We support families, kind of both mm. ends, don't we? Parents mm. who are uh, who are in their nineties, mm. and kids who are younger, who and maybe grandkids and so on. So, I think we're we are doing quite a lot of what I call work, albeit unpaid work, and albeit fun and and so on. But we are much more productive mm. than. I think a lot of people realise. There's, mm. it, you know, it goes back, doesn't it, to all those headlines that you see in the paper about something that happens to somebody who's 67 and they're a granny and and the implication is that they are fit for nothing really mm. Mm. but we're doing a lot a, a huge amount and, and as long as as long as we're able um that, that that's good it puts me in mind you know uh, and you know this um, not everybody will know this but uh, Sarah Coward who played Caroline Sterling and I um, used to do a show called Wicked Women and we had a section at, at the end which was about older women and I, and I just this is a lovely little piece and I'm sure lots of listeners will have, have read the poem but it's by Jenny Joseph and I, I think it's just wonderful um, it says when I'm an old woman I shall wear purple with a red hat which doesn't go and doesn't suit me and I shall spend my pension on brown Candy and summer gloves and satin sandals and say we've no money for butter <laughs> that's part of the poem and uh, you know this was the resilience of old age um, and and um, I mean Janie is that way how, the way you would spend your pension you know on 
brandy and well I always said that I was going to spend my first month's my first month's pension down at the majestic wine warehouse and um, <laughs> I think I probably did but yeah it, I mean I love that poem because mm. it's about the sort of exuberance of not having the responsibilities because she mm. I think it ends up doesn't it with her saying but now we've got you know we have to do all these things we have to yeah. pay the rates and mm. look after other people and so on and it's a great uh, it's a great blessing to have time to be able to do things for fun mm. Don't you think? I do, I do. And I. it also makes me think that I'm really pleased that I'm through, um, oh, what can I call it, the, the, the battle of life in the sense of, you know, the striving in career or just in life. The fact that mm. you, you've got to a place where you don't have to do that anymore. Because that takes a huge amount of energy up, I think, when, when, when you're younger and, and what's your yeah. place in the world. And, you know, you've got to earn a living, you've got a family and so on. Um, I'm, I'm pleased I don't have to go through all that again. Uh, I think, and I think it's particularly hard these days for young people um, to make decisions for all sorts of reasons about what they want to do financially as much as anything else. You know, because you know when we went to college or university, we were fortunate, weren't we, Janie? We, you know, our fees were paid for. They, they've got that huge, um, you know, and, and that that affects their decision making um, um, as, as to what they want to do. So I'm really pleased I'm through all that. I have to say. Um, uh, but of course, for some people, as we know, Janie, and, and particularly now because we're going into really financial extremes, aren't we? There will be a lot of older people who will be really worried about paying their bills, the electricity, yeah. and so on and so forth. You know, we, we've hit a very yeah. tough time financially, and you know, hoping the support is going to be out there for them. Um, yes, um, I, absolutely. I mean, the state pension is not overly generous, is it? Yeah. And particularly not with the with the way that energy prices are rising and just the mm. just the cost of things in the shops and I know it's not easy for everybody but uh, and at the same time I'm grateful not to have the responsibilities that I had when I was younger and to be dealing with all of the price rises and mm. the, and the problems mm. Uh, absolutely, and uh, and and I know that both you and I have been involved in in helping with the food banks, um, and and yeah. you know I I sort of make a plea to everybody to try and and help as much as they can if they can afford to because at, at the minute the food you know the warehouses yeah. were full but actually getting so depleted and people are coming in who st yeah. are working but they just can't afford to 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 yeah. you know pay for food and pay the bills and and it's just going to get worse because um as as we know the bills are going to go up yep. so uh, you know anyone that can help in in any way um please do it's 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 yeah. um please 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 do absolutely, absolutely i think i think then most people are very shocked at the percentage of people who use food banks who yeah. are in work yeah. and certainly yeah. when i when i volunteered in the food bank we had to open up in the evenings because mm -hmm. People couldn't come during the day because they were working, but mm -hmm. they, uh, but they needed the they yeah. needed the support of the food mm -hmm. bank. It's mm -hmm. a it's a shocker. And so it is a shocker, yeah. and and, and you, also and people are, you know, some people are really embarrassed about having to come, and you know, it's reassuring them yeah. saying, hey, listen, not at all. You know, it, it's it's the it's the way it is. But you know, if you can afford a, another tin of baked beans when you're on your shopping and, and, and put it into the, the food bank um, box you know as you leave the store yeah. you can't tell you how much that helps um, it really really does yeah. Um, yeah 
but yeah so i and i suppose the other thing is loneliness as as as, as we get older but then you, you know i suppose loneliness can happen at any age really but uh, but i suppose the loneliness is because you know partners die or or, or family die and and yeah. i suppose that's another you know big issue and of course we're no longer i mean years ago we we families would all be in the same area but now we're so dispersed aren't we around the country so mm. maybe maybe not even in this country far away so you don't necessarily have that natural network of physical support that that years ago you used to have no um and i think where possible if you know elderly people who aren't very technologically savvy if you can help them out so that they can mm-hmm. use email, Zoom, Mm. FaceTime, whatever Mm. the thing is, Mm. then it's a great way to be able to keep in touch with people, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it it really, really is. And I think certainly, you know, over the last two years with COVID, those folk that could... um, uh, use some kind of, uh, you know, technical equipment were able to keep in touch, weren't they? Yeah, and 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 there yeah. were, but there were a lot yeah. of people that couldn't. Um, and no. you know, one of the things that I became involved with, and I'm still involved with, is 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 is, is a group of of older folk, um, and we have a play reading group, and it's a charity that was set up, and and you know they're based all over over the country but it's great fun and we we have a play and we meet every week and we read the play and then we record it eventually but the joy that it brings to everybody you know and and sometimes you know the connection's pretty poor somebody's doing it on a phone somebody's doing it on a computer but actually it's it's about the um communication between people is hugely important and we laugh a lot and laughter is you know hugely important so yeah you're absolutely right any young if it can help any older person um you know that that is that is amazing because it does open up channels of communication Um, it's a good thing to do it's a good it is a good thing to do yeah so yeah i've been uh talking about communication Mm. Uh, changing the topic absolutely entirely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had friends staying this week, Ooh, so lovely. that's been rather lovely. And I've been yeah. cooking for other people. <gasps> brilliant, brilliant. I know. I kind of forgotten how to do it, and that put me in mind of culinary disasters. Not that oh. I've had one this week. They're still mm. none of them got food poisoning. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe you've ever had a culinary disaster because you're such a good cook. Oh, darling, flattery will get you everywhere, love. Um, well, you know, I, I do like a spaghetti bolognese. We've discussed that quite a lot, haven't we, on the show? You, absolutely. Um, and you, know, you make a I mean, garlic bread. Um, but no, no, don't no, please, darling. No, well, I do. I mean, I suppose the thing is, often when I cook, I, I try to cook the things that I know, you know, for friends, I cook the things that I know are okay. But I'm, mm. I'm, I tell you what I'm not very good at, actually, is baking. I'm 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 not very good at baking and mm-hmm. cakes. I mean, one of your daughters is the most fantastic cake maker, isn't she? I mean, she's just she brilliant. Is. And there yeah, is a yeah. knack to all that. But I've just all my life, I've just had. It's been hopeless, you know. I just can't make cakes right. And even the wonderful Delia Smith, who says this is a simple way to do it, it still doesn't quite work for me. Um, yeah. So um, cakes, um, as often there's been a bit of a sagging cake, you know. But you can disguise it. Often, You've got a soggy bottom. Got a very yeah. soggy bottom, love. Yeah. But you can disguise it with, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a chocolate cake with strawberries or something like that, you know, a bit of cream or something around it. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and pastry, I'm not brilliant at. Um, I mean, it's all right, it tastes all right, but I'm glad people can't see me sort of rolling it and putting it together because it's a bit like plasticine, you know, bits of it. That I'm, I'm going to sort of put it together before I cook it, but you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that. But, um, no, I get very cross when I watch those 
cooking programmes and everybody makes perfect pastry and it all looks marvellous in the flan dish, you know, and I'm thinking, but mine doesn't look like that. What do I need yeah. to do? No, anyway, how doesn't. about you? Well, Come mine does. I mean, <clears throat> my pastry's great because I buy it from the supermarket. So, yeah, I don't make it because I can't. But I've had some mm. corkers. I think my probably my worst one was when I invited a couple over. I worked with him a lot, and I knew his wife was cordon bleu chef. So, oh it's like this goodness. is a bit scary. Yeah. And it was in the old house where the kitchen, and the dining room were kind of all one room. Mm. So they were sitting there watching while I cooked. I was making a mushroom stroganoff. I was chatting away to them. Quite, you know, she's a lovely, lovely woman. Mm. Chop it. Yes, peeled my onions, chopped them. So I got a load of mushroom peelings and the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just in the middle of some great exposition. Went over to the bin, put what I thought were the mushroom peelings in the bin, but what I put in the bin were the mushrooms. <gasps> so, yeah. So oh. I then had no other mushrooms, and the main ingredient for my stroganoff was in the bin. Okay. So the only thing I could do was mm. to pick them out oh, and wash them. <laughs> All in full view, all in full view of the cordon bleu. Oh, all in full view. I mean, such a stupid thing to do. But But listen, I was mortified. I bet you were, but you were so brave in the first place to be cooking in front of your guests. I can't do that because for fear of doing that very type of thing. You were very brave to be doing that. Mm. I mean, I think you deserve the, you know, the Duke of Edinburgh Award for that, quite frankly. I know it's supposed to be for mountain climbing, but I mean, you know... Really, you you did terribly well. So, but but how was it in the end? Did it taste good in the end? Well, uh, I, she didn't eat a lot of it. Let's be honest, and neither <laughs> did he. And the thing I've learnt from that is, is never ever ever throw anything in the bin until yes. you've got everything in the pan. Yes. Um, but yeah, now I've done some corkers. The other thing, because there wasn't such a thing as garlic when I grew up. I don't mm. know about you. Mm. No such mm. thing as no, garlic. Wasn't. No. So the first time. No. So I think it's not unreasonable for me to have been confused about the difference between a clove of garlic and a bulb of garlic. (laughs) So I did cook something for my dear friend Peter, who's uh, no longer with us, not because of my cooking, um, which was meant to be two cloves of garlic, and I put in two entire (gasps) bulbs of garlic into it. No. (gasps) Jamie. God, I mean, it's a wonder you all did (laughs) so. It was horrendous. Oh. God, I, I mean, that must have been... Ex- and actually, it took some time. It must have been so- take some time to get all that garlic oh. in. You must have been squeezing that garlic for hours. It took bloody ages, but, you know, I'd never never cooked with it before because no. it didn't exist in Birmingham in the 1960s. No so what thing. happened when you took your first mouthful? I thought, this is strong. And uh, he, he was such a lovely man. He kind of... <laughs> did his best to arm wrestle it down but again another meal which largely uh went went uneaten oh gosh oh god you're never going to eat in my house again now yes i am you're a fabulous cook no you're a great cook and actually that's something that's always impressed me about you guys whenever we've come to say and particularly in the the, the previous house as well we're still in the house that you know because it's it's a big kitchen but um is that you you always chat and you cook at the same time i you see i can't do it i get in a bit of a I, i i because i would do something really silly i'm not i'm not very good at uh, uh, that but no you're a fabulous cook you both are actually both you and your lovely hubby um yeah i've, I've taken quite a few recipes home from you um just, just wonderful oh, bless you well uh, no. ditto really 
No, well, just wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, you that might... Was... Well... Sorry, go on. Go on. No, no, no. Because I was going to say, actually, uh, talking about uh, culinary disasters reminds me as well of the arches. Anyone who's listening, a few weeks ago, there was this whole thing with Fallon and and accidental triumphs. And she apparently she she'd made a quiche. I think it was a quiche for Jill. Um, and then she suddenly realised that she'd put the wrong ingredient in it. It didn't say what the ingredient was, but maybe say it was a whole load of garlic, or I don't know what it was, mm. I don't have no idea what it was. But anyway, she went charging around to Jill, saying, you mustn't eat it, you mustn't eat it, it's absolutely awful, I've put this whole thing. And Jill said, no, this quiche was absolutely fantastic. And then goes on to say about culinary disasters that actually turned out to be triumphs, so accidental disasters that were, were fine. And Jill was saying something Aww. about, well, yes, the same thing had happened with the bread and butter pudding of hers, and it was an accidental um, addition, but it actually turned out to be wonderful. And she also explained to us listeners that actually that was how the crepe Suzette was um, created, because a, a waiter accidentally burned this actual crepe. But that, that was how the crepe Suzette was oh, born. Set it on fire. So it's fascinating. So you learn well, a lot Maybe I should have done that with the mushroom stroganoff. <laughs> I should have done that with mushroom stroganoff, shouldn't I? And just turned it into into a sort of mushroom peeling stroganoff. Yeah. But it, but they do say, you see, there the are more vitamins in the peelings than the actual in, you know, in, in the bottom yeah. itself. But that, that was no and, consolation. And I know I, shouldn't, I know I shouldn't peel them, but I'm just too idle to wash them, you see, because yeah, they take yeah, a lot yeah. of washing, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's oh. quicker to peel them. Have you, did you see her again? Did she invite her round to your place, the Gordon Bleu? I don't, place, think right? they ever, I don't think they ever came round again. Oh, no. darling. I don't think they ever came round again. I would have been too embarrassed. I'll tell you something that did happen quickly embarrassed. before we go, because I know you've got to go and cook for your lovely friends, but years and years ago, went round to um, one of my relatives. It was a chef, it was a wonderful chef, and we'd had this fantastic meal. But there were other guests there that we didn't know, who'd obviously, they were late, and they'd had a huge amount to drink, clearly, before they arrived they managed to get through the first and the second course and then I do remember that darling David made this wonderful pecan pie and um the the gentleman who was sitting there obviously it was just all too much and before we knew it suddenly very slowly his head descended into his plateful of pecan pie he just (laughs) was as drunk as a lord and it was the most embarrassing thing because nobody really knew oh each other terribly God. well. And they, they said that the woman sort of, you know, managed to get him out because she was a bit unsteady as well and they never saw them again. I did say to the... De- no, they oh. said, we never saw them again. They were so embarrassed. I shall never forget. It was the slow descent of the head into the pecan pie and then whoosh down. Oh, wonderful. It just hysterical. Oh, wonderful. It was. Anyway. Anyway, well, darling, you must go. You maybe, must go maybe got we have... Yeah, yeah, I must, I must. I've got to do some cooking. But yeah, I think yeah. maybe we've we've got the... The reason why these characters are silent in the archers because they've embarrassed themselves in some in some culinary way and and so their voice has been taken away so they were never heard of again. Indeed, I think you're onto something there, yeah. And you must <laughs> we know Lillian isn't a great cook either, so but look, love, you, you go and have a wonderful, wonderful meal. Just make sure you don't talk to your guests as you're cooking and then any you know, danger will be averted yeah. is all I can say. Absolutely. And uh, I look forward to a spag bowl with you before too long. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm off for a coffee now. Take care. Take care. And you. Thanks for listening to our Once to Leto in the Grave podcast. If you'd like to see behind the scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, Once to Leto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at Once to Leto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time.